everyone. Hey. Welcome. Welcome back. To? To known. Unknowns. What, what, what was that? I was trying to get you to say known so I could say unknowns afterward. Oh, okay. Welcome back to Known Unknowns. I'm Carly. I'm Harry. I'm Harry. And you are listening to us. And we're cool. Yeah, we are. <laughs> the coolest of cool beans. Coolest of cool beans. <laughs> um, well, anything new you want to talk about? Um, You have a couple things to start us off with, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you if there's any, if what was new with you before I jumped into that. Mm. Any s- interesting small talk? No, I've been making a scrap again. Yeah. I've been trying to knit like a, like you know afghans but a scrap gan so i don't know how to knit well no okay. i so i got knitting needles from harry's i got yeah i got knitting needles from harry's mom mm-hmm. so i've slowly been trying to learn okay from some youtube videos okay but now i cannot make a blanket <laughs> from that so oh, okay but i do know how to crochet I know basics of crocheting. Okay. And I know I have a hat loom, one of those round looms. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up how to make a blanket Mm -hmm. from a loom. Okay. And I found some really cool ideas about how to make a scrap gan. Uh And that's like using all of your like scraps of yarn. Yeah. That you Uh have left over from other projects. Yeah. Or like... Like, just the little, like, small to medium-sized things of yarn that you're never going to use again because it's too small and you only have, like, one color of it and it's a weird, a weird uh, yarn. Yeah, So I use any texture, any size, but, like, I try to double it up if it's thin, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I have been making a blanket off of my loom, but I'm running out of yarn. Yeah. Of scrap yarn, because I usually... So here's the deal. Okay. I bought a bunch of yarn, like, and, like, little scrap balls uh-huh. from a garage sale uh-huh. a couple years ago, because um, I think they donated the money from that to, like, a certain oh, yeah. thing. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll buy some yarn. I, like, I'll find something to do with this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm not using any full things of yarn, because, like, I do actual projects with that right um but then i also bought a huge bag of yarn just like scrap yarn basically with a couple of new ones but they were like brown and white so i'm using them for this Mm -hmm. and i bought that from village discount for like 50 cents like this huge bag of just like yarn so i'm like oh they're cheap and then at this garage sale i think i bought it for like a dollar maybe i don't know i got yeah everything in there was like a dollar yeah and so I was like, oh, great. But now I'm running out. I only have white and brown left. Uh-oh. And I can't make the rest of it with white and brown. So I need more scraps of yarn. Oh. So I went to eBay <laughs> and people sell these scrap, like they sell like a half pound, which is like not even a large Ziploc bag full mm-hmm. of balls of yarn for like $15 plus like $10 shipping. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I can get this for 50 cents at Village Discount. But I can't Except. go to Village Discount because it's closed. And I'm just, <laughs> so I need scrap yarn. I, you should you should uh, take a break from that and like do a, do a 
different project where you can use most of a skein skein of yarn. Do you say skein? Is that it? I think it's skein. Oh, skein. Or skein. I have no I don't idea. Know, actually, I heard someone. I say know. It I think like it's skein. Once. Yeah, it's skein. Skein. Yes. The secret when you don't know how to pronounce something is just pick one and then uh, say it confidently, and then you're right. Yeah. So sorry that was a really long, boring story. But, uh, <laughs> well, I it's my fault for asking yeah. if you hated it. But I'm I didn't. bidding on a large bag of scrap yarn on eBay right now, and uh, I'm winning because I'm the only one who has bid, and I bid three dollars. Yeah, and it's like eight dollars shipping. So you know, I that's the best deal I could find <laughs> was like twelve dollars to spend twelve dollars. I'm like, nah, no one's gonna bid on it, so. Who wants yeah. a thing of scrap yarn? Right. No you one. Do. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good. I, I I mean, it looks really cool so far. Doesn't I'm looking it look forward cool? To, and it's going to be really cozy, I think, it's gonna when it's It's going to be so done. cozy. It's interesting because there's like really fat, like soft yarn, <laughs> but also like thin, like fuzzy yarn. Right. But <laughs> also like wool, mm-hmm. like little balls of wool yarn that right. I've used. So it's all different textures. And then just like the traditional like yarn. Yeah, like a, acrylic yeah, or something. Yeah, I think acrylic. I don't know. I don't something know like that. much about yarn. Me either. But I was, this lady who, on YouTube, who said something about a scrap can said all textures. Just wash it by hand if you wash it. Okay. Cool. I mean, it seems like it's it working so like far. It seems like it's working out. And it looks really cool. And it's going to be really cozy and super warm. And I'm super excited. <laughs> so if you have scrap yarn yeah. that you're never going to use, send it to Carly. Send it to me. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I'm trying to make my scrap gan. Uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's I'm, all. I'm still uh, playing video games. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Oh, we yeah. stayed up until four thirty a.m. watching YouTube videos last night. I know. <laughs> it was I like YouTube videos? I know. <laughs> I do. Okay, good. I mean, it's from good. specific people, though. Right, liking things is good. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unless like... they're bad things, then you shouldn't like them. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, we went on a bike ride today because it was nice. That's right. <laughs> that's new. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah, that's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Harry bought a new... Oh, he yeah. He ordered a new computer. Right, so... So we won't have these problems like, oh, my computer turned off. We need to pause the recording because my computer turned off. Yeah, you'll hear less of that. It should be a more... Uh, you might not hear it making so much noise. Yeah, that might be the yeah. I don't I don't know if you hear it now. It's a little humming and buzzing sometimes and stuff that it does, but it's not even like functional at this point anymore. Like it is for like ten minutes at a time maybe. But if you move <laughs> it, it'll turn off. Yeah, it's fine as long as it stays plugged in and it's and stays you don't move very it. Still. <laughs> and the cord stays very still. Yeah, so in two weeks i think and yeah we should you should be hearing all about my brand new well pre-owned open box (laughs) but it's it's just an open box yeah and it's supposed to be in excellent condition my new to me laptop Mm -hmm. oh also 
I have started opening a warranty claim with my microphone. Okay. So I know the quality is a little weirder. It has been weirder lately. Don't laugh. No, okay. I'm telling them. So um, I should be able to return it soon. Okay. And get a new one. All right. Because I think this one broke a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the quality should be back to its normal average quality instead of this <laughs> sort of below average quality. I think it's fine for a podcast. Yeah, still. but I want... Anyway, so, you know, if we have to skip a week, we'll let you know if we don't have a mic. <laughs> right. Or we can record we'll, a crappy one. Yeah. We'll like just, a very bad quality episode just for you. Yeah, exactly. That'll be fine. I was just updating them on the microphone no. situation. They deserve it's to know. It's kind of broken, so hopefully I can get that This podcast out. is about transparency. Mm-hmm. And my story is really short, and Harry's story is really short, so we're yeah, trying, so we're to, trying find to time. pad the running time here. Yeah. <laughs> well, to do a little bit more padding, we can. Uh, yeah, go into what you wanted to talk. All about. right, so I've got um, a, I've got a couple of uh, little politics pouch updates. Yes. Yeah, we haven't been singing anymore. Uh, okay. But I don't Did think politics want... pouch had one. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Politics pouch. How's that? That was good. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, okay, so the first thing is... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Sorry, just keep going. <laughs> that was good. Know, it's like a dramatic like yeah. news ticker. Yeah, I got it. All right. And I thought it was good. I'm explaining. I know. <laughs> but I, yeah, I got it. Um, anyway, well, okay. So I have an update on the Tara Reid, uh, Joe Ooh. Biden rape allegations thing. Uh, yeah. did you hear about this? No. Um, anyway. Wait, okay. What? Maybe. Okay. I follow her on Twitter, so I think I saw something. I haven't been on Twitter though much either, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So the, we, we know, I mean, we, you read the thing the other day. Uh, was it the last episode? Mm, about it was a few weeks couple, ago. A couple episodes ago about her, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, when Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. Um, and since then, people have been really like attacking her and saying that she's not credible um, because, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> uh, be, uh, because she only told, she only like told other, her higher ups in the, in her office, as well as her brother and her friends confirmed that she told them at the time, but that wasn't credible enough, I guess. Um, and, but so a couple days ago, um, to add, I guess, to her credibility, um, a, a uh, an August eleventh, nineteen ninety three episode of the Larry King Show mm-hmm. on CNN, um, audio or video from that uh, came out where a uh, um, a an anonymous woman from San Luis Obispo, California, called into the show um, and talked about uh, how her daughter had been an aide for a prominent senator in Washington D.C. and yeah, had she had told an, her mom. Had, yeah, had had an issue with that senator, but um, tried to go through the proper channels or whatever and didn't get anywhere. But elected not to like go to the press or anything out of respect for the senator. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah. And, and they were like calling in, I, I don't know, Larry King had some other like guests on the show who were like, I don't know, Washington insider people, I guess. Um, and so she was calling in, I guess, to get advice about that or something about what her daughter should do basically. Um, and well, I can, I can read her like quote exactly when she calls in. Okay. Uh, she says, yes, hello. I'm wondering what a staffer would do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there after working for a prominent Senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. And Larry King says, in other words, she had a t story to tell, but out of respect for the person she worked for, she didn't tell it. And the caller says, that's true. So basically, this is significant because it corroborates that Tara Reid did tell other people at the time, basically, about what happened. Mm -hmm. um, this was, yeah, this was like the same month she also stopped working for Joe Biden or stopped working in D.C. in August of 1993. Um, and I guess her mother at the time lived in San Luis Obispo, California. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. Uh, so that should make it more credible, I guess. Um, not that it needed to be. There was already just as much um, uh, just as much corroborating evidence for this case as there was for the Christine Blasey Ford uh, accusations against Brett Kavanaugh the, uh, a couple years ago. But... Um, and people are, I guess, the fact that the mother says that she uh, chose not to go to the press out of respect for the senator is supposed to be some big gotcha now because they're like, oh, if he raped her, why does she still respect him or something at the time? Which, um, <laughs> you're making a face. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... That's just a silly thing. I mean, to I say. think, yeah, it could just be like what, I don't know, what the mom, the word the mom chose in the second, in that second, or it could just be. It that, wasn't a silly thing for the mom to say. I mean, that's a silly thing for people to. Yeah, no, into. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, like the whole point, I mean, well, not the whole, but like a big part of the like reason of like the times up and like me too movement and all this talk in the culture about uh, like rape culture and like victim blaming and stuff is addressing the way in which the rape culture or, or the way in, in which women and like victims of assault have internalized sort of the rape culture and victim blaming culture associated with that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's ridiculous to look into the past and say, that um this person wasn't handling that right at the time i don't mm -hmm. know right anyway mm -hmm. so that's that's that thing uh still not voting for joe biden um a lot of people have been uh calling on bernie to unsuspend his campaign <laughs> i saw someone was like <laughs> bernie should just fuck around and like unsuspend his campaign <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't that's not a thing people do no that's not gonna happen it's just <laughs> i know i know he he already uh, yeah. He already endorsed Joe Biden. I know, which he shouldn't have done, given that Joe Biden is a rapist and a racist and a terrible person all around. Mm -hmm. 
But we can talk about my issues with Bernie another time. Yeah, we'll save that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other politics pouch thing I had um, was actually an across-the-pond politics pouch. Um, okay. Uh, another, a, little, a little politics conspiracy stuff for you about... Um, Isn't that your whole story today? Yeah, but this is a separate one. Oh, okay. This is a. This is about the British um, election from last fall, or last winter. Okay. Okay. Um, I do. Do you know much about British politics at all, Carly? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Unfortunately. All right, then I can assume that our listeners also don't. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh, Okay. Say so here. last year, I don't. I don't know. I was just trying to segue. But okay. I was doing bad at then it. continue. <laughs> just talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about it. Okay. So in last year's uh, British parliamentary or prime minister election, um, the candidates were for the British Conservative Party, Boris Johnson, and for the um, more the uh, the Labour Party. Uh, the candidate was Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and then the, th- I don't remember who the candidate for the Lib Dem Liberal Democrats party was in that election, but they're uh, not really that big of a party anyway. So Brit- British politics has three main parties, mainly the the Conservatives, the Tories, that they're the one party, the Conservative Party, who are I mean, ideologically about equal to the United States's Democratic Party, but. Um, they're they're the like conservative major party in Britain. The Liberal Democrats are sort of a centrist third party that mostly just is so. The conservatives of... are the Democratic Party. That's what you said. No, no. Okay, so the conservatives. You said the conservatives are equal to the Democratic Party. I was in the saying United like States. that we have a right wing Democratic Party. Okay, I'm starting me. over. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. I'm confused. Do I need to know this? So basically, the I was trying to get at that. Okay, so the Labour Party ha- is sort of is Britain's. I it not not ideologically close to the America's Democratic Party, but they are the they are the left party. Okay. In term within the. Within our respective Overton windows, Britain's Labour Party is analogous to our Democratic Party, and their Tory Conservative Party is analogous to our Republican Party. Yeah, you said the you said it the other way around last time, and I was confused. So I, I mean, I was I was trying to make a a, joke. No, like I'm confused. Well, don't confuse me like that. Well, now I'm even more confused (laughs) because you just switched it this time. Okay. Anyway, so Jeremy Corbyn was the candidate for the left party, the Labour Party in Britain, though that party has been becoming decidedly more moderate over time Mm -hmm. um, in the election last year. And it recently came out. um, Jeremy Corbyn, though, um, running in this left, in this sort of center left party was like, he was the like Bernie Sanders of their party. Basically, he was like a legitimate socialist running on like actual like socialist mm-hmm. reforms and stuff. 
And a lot of people within the Labour Party um, were sort of resistant to that as it had become more moderate over time. Mm -hmm. So like throughout, so two major things have come out about um, the Labour Party's internal conflicts, basically, during this last election between the moderates and the um, left-wingers within that party. Mm -hmm. um, so during the election, like, all of the, like, moderate and, like, right-wing media in Britain was pushing a a narrative that Corbyn was this horrible, like, anti-Semite and stuff, that he, like, there was, the Labour Party had a big... Uh, anti-Semitism anti problem and Jeremy Corbyn was at the heart of that basically because he was like critical of Israel's treatment of Palestine and stuff okay um but I mean that's like their what the root of it I guess but really it was just trying to discredit a left-wing candidate mm -hmm. um and then and like some reports came out about like uh, like complaints within the Labour Party about um, uh, b -b -b reports of anti-Semitism and stuff, um, and it, but it recently came out like last week that it was all like one person within the Labour Party who is making m more than half of the complaints about anti-Semitism. Oh, it, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't release the name of the person, but it was heavily implied that he was a member of the like more moderate wing of the party that really did not like Jeremy Corbyn and the socialists slash left wingers being being their candidate. Um, based, so basically within the Labour Party, they were trying to kneecap their own candidate so that they didn't take power, the left winger. Okay. In that way, analogous to our Democratic Party. In the U.S. Yes. <laughs> um, but then the thing that just came out a couple days ago, or maybe even today, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember the date stamp on the article, um, was about the way that the Labour Party ran their campaign, where Jeremy Corbyn and his inner circle wanted to run like a progressive, like um, left-wing campaign, like talking about all the progressive reforms and stuff they wanted to make, whereas the moderates were against that, and so the moderates had a lot more control over like the advertising and like campaign strategy and media of mm -hmm. um and so using their facebook ads they made by this they made it seem like they were running a more progressive campaign than they actually were by micro targeting their facebook ads t specifically toward jeremy corbyn and his like inner circle of advisors and specific left-wing journalists so that they would see ads from the labor party that made it seem like they were running a more progressive campaign and then the ads that they were putting out on facebook and other platforms to the rest of the world were pushing a more moderate agenda basically oh my gosh so like they were showing th their actual candidate and his people like the ads that they actually wanted to run and then they're showing everybody else in the country uh, a different campaign strategy basically like pushing their <laughs> moderate positions and like <laughs> that's very weird mm -hmm. hmm. yeah so I, I mean, it's it's just interesting that a lot of a lot of people on the left in America were watching 
the Corbin um, campaign as sort of, you know, a, a trial run or like a case study to see like what would work with like a left wing candidate. Yeah. And it uh, really, uh, I, I guess it goes to show that a lot of people were right that the Democratic Party would rather lose with a moderate than win with a progressive and that they would have probably done everything that the Labor Party did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's that. Okay. We can move on to your story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. You looked bored when I was trying to... I was trying to think about all of it. Sorry. Sorry for what? For calling you out for looking bored. Yeah, thanks for letting them know. <laughs> I wasn't bored. I was trying to think. Okay, sorry. Sorry my thinking face looks dumb. No. I didn't say dumb. I said <sighs> bored. Whatever. You think I'm dumb. No, <laughs> stop talking. Um, so those were good. Those were cool. Okay. Seems like a very, yeah, very similar to what happened here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait. Did, did, didn't this happen i was like what are we talking about now here or there <laughs> sorry that's what i was talking it was probably confusing because... for other people too no no probably not i'm not that smart well they can they have the benefit of being able to like rewind it and like pause it and listen at half speed to try to parse my horrible sentence structures yeah i was just also listening to all the ums and all the mouthy noises and sorry. i'm like no 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 because you're drinking beer instead of water. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can't remember as well the things that I w- was planning on saying before yeah. I get here. That's the whole idea. So it sounds off the cuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I start my story? Yeah, I'd love that. I'm really interested to hear about it. Uh, yeah, he read the title, which totally gave it away, and I'm mad about you it. You normally tell me a lot about it, or at least some stuff about it before we start. Yeah, but I wanted it this to be a secret, so it was right. shocking I didn't, when I I didn't revealed know it that it was supposed to be a secret. Because when I tell you, then when I start sit, like talking about it on the podcast, you're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you should be like, what? Whoa. What's going on? Like me. No, that's just because I always I am insecure about sounding smart and or insecure about sounding dumb. So I wanted to make it sound like I already knew things when you tell me them. What? Because smart people know things, and I'm a smart person. All right. I guess if that's how you want to do it. I it's it's just a tick. Well, are you ready to hear about my? Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear. I don't know anything about it, and I'll admit that. On right. air. Okay. Yeah, no, I assume you know nothing about it. Um, so, I am going to talk about, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how I should start this. Uh, so l- let me just, l- let me, let me take you, t- take you back to 2017, Australia. Oh. Yeah, okay. Down under. All right. You don't need to act so surprised yet. I- <laughs> 2017. I didn't know. Australia. Jane Pooley. Okay. Now 56, but I think, or 57, that would be, because I think in the articles I was reading from 2017, she was 54. 
Okay. So now, like, 27. She has a background in emergency. Wait, how old is she? 50. She's now 57. Did I say 27? Yeah, you just said Damn. 27. Okay. 57. <laughs> this is all, this is a mess of a show. It's late. I'm tired. I really need more sugar because I ran out of Easter candy and I'm just <laughs> I'm dying. I can't concentrate. Um, so... She has a background in emergency nursing, and she's a teacher. Um, and in 2017, she appeared on Studio 10, the Australian morning talk show on Channel 10. Cool. If any of our Australian friends. Australian. Australian. Down under. <laughs> so she finally, she decided she finally wanted to speak out about her Humalian children. Half human, half alien. Dun dun dun. report. Humalian. Her humalian children. So, she claims to be. Harry, you're not going to be able to get through this without like laughing every other sentence and Great. I know it. Okay, she claims wait, does she say that she's the alien half? No, she oh. has human humalian children. Okay. She's not the alien half, but she has a little alien DNA in her. That's why she's able to reproduce with other aliens. Well, yeah, that's how you you get a little alien DNA in you and that's how you make humalian children. No, okay. Just let me let me talk. Do you have any alien dna in you would you like some ew stop it okay uh she claims to be a lifelong alien experiencer is what they like to call it alien experience not an abductee or whatever oh, yeah because an experience okay. starting at the age of two or three she said a toddler so i assume two or three yeah I, I, okay I, I like the idea of reclaiming alien abduction or <laughs> <laughs> Say, or there's there's a political a correct term for <laughs> alien abductees. <laughs> what? Yeah, alien experiencer. Um, Actually, so. they like to be called alien experiencers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't like to say I was abducted. I like to say that I was experienced. Was experienced. So, okay. starting at... She was a toddler. Uh, so she was taken by a gray being with huge eyes. Uh, she thought of him as the cow-eyed man because she was like two. <laughs> this, is the, this is the story of her first abduction. Okay. So they beamed through the ceiling like the, a light beam and, that, and then you can like float through objects like a ceiling or a wall. Yeah. Uh, up to a spacecraft, and from the spacecraft, uh, she was brought to the mothership. And the being that brought her is called Graham. 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 Uh, <laughs> okay. Graham. Graham. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's what she calls him. Graham. I don't know if that's his real name. Okay. Uh, she can speak to him telepathically so he can uh translate everything he's saying so she can understand uh -huh. but she can hear his language in a like soft softer 
sound in the background, like he's translating it through his brain, and it kind of oh, like, sounds like like a, when they on like NPR, like when they have like someone speaking, and then they have the translator speaking over that. Yeah, 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 like that. <laughs> but it sounds like a cicadas slash other things that she can't physically do. She can't make that sound physically or something. <laughs> um. So, and then she found that she could speak to him telepathically, too. So they could speak telepathically. Um, So they took her to a table and they showed her a... So (laughs) she was laying on her back as like a two-year-old. Yes, two or three Mm -hmm. on a cold silver table. And they extracted blood from her, but without a needle. And then she saw up above her pictures of something that she now knows her organs but it was a hologram they hologrammed her organs up above cool so she could see them more and so they could look at them Mm -hmm. um so as she got older they continued to visit her (laughs) okay uh frequently beaming her up to space uh eventually her like strongest memories of this Mm -hmm. is when she was a toddler Okay. So the first time mm-hmm. when she was like eight or nine. Okay. And when she hit puberty. Okay. And then like now. Okay. So eventually they started using her for their alien breeding program. Uh-oh. They have that. An Oops. alien breeding program. Eesh. Uh, so she was like paired up with an alien and then they would have sex and then she would get pregnant eventually. So they were con- they're conceived in the same way okay. that humans have babies. They got all the same parts. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on Earth, she would pass pregnancy tests, and she would be giving she would be given like sonograms and like blood tests, right, and stuff like that. Okay. And then about twelve weeks later. She would be beamed back up to the mothership where they would take the baby from her womb. Uh-huh. And then she, when she came back down to Earth, she would go to the hospital. And then they would do a sonogram and nothing would be there but the placenta and the cord and no baby. Interesting. And three times this happened because she okay. has three Humalian children. Okay. Okay. So three okay, times this so, happened. Wait. So does she... She doesn't have the children. She had the children and they took them? Yeah, they take them. Okay, so she doesn't have any children. Like with living with her, like on No Earth. Humalian children. No, okay, no. No, no So she has three Humalian children that she has met only once. So I guess in the article that I read, the earlier one from Paranormal, I think Underground paranormal underground magazine (laughs) she was interviewed (laughs) and she said that she had only seen them once or maybe that was from the channel 10 one but now she's visited them more than once but uh, she had only visited them one time and that was like once her story came out the aliens were like all right you can come and see them. We don't want any more bad press. No, apparently she started to cry and she started begging on Earth, like, please let me see my children. This is unfair. And okay. then they be- they came and beamed her up. Um, so she has two earthly children and okay. she was divorced by the time she started getting pregnant with the alien babies. Mm. So 
I was reading I was sense. reading more about this and I thought that she was remembering these things as they went on. Right. But apparently she wasn't remembering she didn't remember any of this stuff. Oh, okay. And so she was just getting pregnant. Oh, okay. And then because they like sedate you and they bring you up and then they like try to wipe your memory, but then stuff comes back as like dreams and stuff. Mm, um, okay. So and so, then sometimes you're me- and then sometimes you remember what actually happened, but then sometimes you can't. Uh huh. So she was just like getting pregnant, right? And like then she'd go in like twelve weeks later and the baby would be gone right and so she'd be confused about why the baby just randomly disappeared and why she had three miscarriages and yeah so yeah okay and then she started real putting it together that oh ah. she started remembering i think or okay. something like that i see so then yeah i think she ended up going to like a hypnotist person who revived her memories kind of deal <laughs> okay like that and Uh now she can like start clearly remembering and she can also remember like things now like when she's beamed up there now i see Mm -hmm. the mind is an interest uh, is a wondrous thing Mm -hmm. mysterious beast so you can watch that interview on what did i say it was on said Couple studio things. 10 studio it 10. was on cha- it's on channel 10 in australia okay <laughs> but it's called studio 10 and studio 10 interviews her about it because mm-hmm. she wanted to come out with her story and she explains like how certain things work uh-huh. and what maybe her, like what they kind of look like yeah and they they actually paid to give her a polygraph to okay. see if she was telling the truth. And they did three polygraph tests. And she was deemed truthful every time. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that she believes she's telling the truth. What if she's not? What if she's telling the truth, though? Well, that could be too. I just want you to think about that. I know. What if she's telling the truth? <laughs> okay, wait. Now I got to find this thing. Okay. So now... So I did so much research for this. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. And I didn't write much because there's not much information. It's all just interviews with her. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's no like articles written about this woman. <laughs> mm. It's just like her interviews. It's like interviews in, she has a couple interviews in Paranormal Underground magazine. Mm-hmm. She has that interview on uh, Studio 10. Right. And then she has a book, but I'm not going to read a whole book called Humalian. <laughs> All right. This. But Maybe I want to, but I didn't have time today. All right. To read a it's book. A Christmas present. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to read you parts of her interview okay how about that that sounds because i think it's i think it's interesting and everyone should go watch the interview because she doesn't seem like she's a crazy person sure i don't know but as i read this i know harry will get a kick out of it (laughs) so that's why i decided to just read straight from her interview okay so she says so this is one chunk of it ready yeah From my backyard, I regularly see alien spaceships and unmarked large black human helicopters attempting to follow them. Mm. By regularly, I mean every evening for a month or two. (laughs) Then they seem to go away for a few weeks and then come back. 
They always call me telepathically when they are about to appear. She also said one time she was driving down the road and she saw one of those large black human helicopters yeah. flying over her. Yeah. And there was a, a silver spacecraft attached to the bottom of it because she assumed that they were giving them a tow. <laughs> well, the alien, the spacecraft was giving the helicopter a tow? No, the helicopter was giving the spacecraft a tow. <laughs> like it was attached to the bottom of right. the helicopter. She said other witnesses saw it, too. <laughs> serious. Okay. Um, uh, my sons both had experiences when they were growing up, but not now as adults They that they admit to. <laughs> okay. And my granddaughter currently has experiences. To quote my granddaughter, quote, how can I not believe what I have seen with my own eyes? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, how old is the granddaughter? I don't know. I don't know. She can't be that old. She's She's only 54, 57. Uh, I have three hybrid gray human children, a gray human hybrid son-in-law, and a hybrid grandbaby. Oh, the, the, I guess the aliens get married. Yeah, she's married. So one of her humalian babies is now married to another humalian. Wow. Well, they're not babies anymore. Right. One of her (laughs) humalian children is married to another humalian, and then they gave birth to a humalian child wow yeah uh so she also has a grand grandbaby i feel exactly the same way about them as i do my two earth sons and granddaughter my my hybrid (laughs) that's that's gotta be rough to hear (laughs) my hybrid children live on a massive mothership or artificial planet in space Mm mm-hmm I have visited and been shown around the ship whilst fully conscious and had all the questions I could think to ask answered willingly. Okay. I have more. I, okay. I'm pulling them up. All right. I'm, I'm just glad that she's not saying that her, act, her like, Earth children are the Humalians, because that would, that would suck to be them. So for your mom to say that you're an alien-human hybrid and, like, bring you out and say, see these guys? They're half alien. They're like, Look no, at their no. weird head. Look at this guy's little <laughs> fucked up little fingers. You can t- That's how you can tell he's half alien. My God. <laughs> see my weird children? These freaks? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, so the question is, tell us about your additional experiences with extraterrestrials. And she says, my visits with the Greys have continued throughout my entire life. My clearest memories are as a baby, at eight, and at puberty when I was, and, and then when I was pregnant each time. I am still regularly being taken, even though I am past breeding age. I see UFOs in the sky extremely often. She has pictures too. You can see it in the in the magazine article. Okay. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. So and I am always told telepathically before a visit. My role now seems to be to teach all the hybrid children about humans and Earth so that they can integrate one day. For example, how we express emotion, smile, talk, give hugs. Or about trees, books, music and art. So now she's a teacher. She's teaching the humalian. Do they? She teaches all the humalian babies. Do the wait? So do the, the humalian children look anything like humans? So I'll get into okay. a little bit of their description later. But yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, 
The grays don't do color in space much. It's a bit dark, I guess, with no sun to reflect color. What? It is also totally silent there. Humans are noisy. I guess I am a grandmother on Earth as well as in space. I am not just with my own, though. It is not just with my own, though. There are a lot of hybrid children of different ages there that I work with. All right. Interesting. Um, so she's also telepathic with certain people on Earth. There's there's sunlight in space. I don't know. I don't believe that she's really been there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she's telepathic with certain people on Earth. I see and hear dead people as a medium, not with my physical eyes, but with my soul. And I can name and describe them, which is later verified by photos and family records. Hmm. Um, she's also extremely Catholic. And she thinks that this does not affect her faith in any way. Just saying. I, well, all right. I mean, she, well, I guess it wasn't really consensual sex with the aliens, I guess. So So I've heard differing. She says it was not consensual in her Studio 10 interview. Right. In other interviews, she says that she gave the... <laughs> The um the board of elders okay the elder greys, um, permission apparently okay to use her in their breeding program and okay. I'm like okay then how is this not consensual well she gave permission under duress that's true like, okay yeah yeah she can, claims that she gave permission, permission and then she was also but then she's like actually I it wasn't I didn't consent. And right. then they took my babies from me. So, um, so let's see. So she first started researching UFO and extraterrestrial phenomena. Um, phenomena. 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 When she started having snippets of memories. And then when she started um, having miscarriages and putting the chronological events in chronological order. Okay. So, uh, she talks to other alien abductees now, uh, to help people cope with traumatic experiences. Okay. Um, she mm. does research on UFOs now. Uh, so the question that the interview asked her is, what has your research revealed so far? And she said uh, that there are other women and men out there with hybrid babies alive and, well, living in space. That I'm not the only one. And we can all support each other in our grief for our stolen children and interrupted memories. <laughs> I have uh, learned that others have gray friends with names like mine, gray, like my Graham, and that the technology they have seen in spaceships matches mine. And she claims that she's actually met the, okay, she's met the human okay. who was used as the, uh, who is the father of her mother, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, right. son-in-law. Yeah. The the human half to that, and they hang out regularly. She's met the, wait, the human father the hum a human parent the human parent of her of her 
Humalian son's wife. Yeah. Humalian wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His All name right. is like Greg or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just saying. Cool. Sounds normal. Sorry, this is like really kind of just all over the place but it was very hard to find information and i just think it's fascinating Mm -hmm. um so uh do extraterrestrials walk among us here on earth this is an interesting one and why do you feel extraterrestrials are visiting earth that's those those are the two questions here are her answers I think you'll like them. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. Be- I, I believe they do. I am finding that I, when I get older, I am recognizing them walking down the street. Oh, boy. Of 10, often, <laughs> of ten <laughs> oh, God, often we intuitively recognize each other and actually smile. The part, um, the part grays or hybrids, especially, um, there seem to be a lot of babies children, and especially teenagers with very large eyes, excessively pointy chins, odd bumps on their skulls, large heads, and small mouths, which are all gray traits. (laughs) She considers, so what she explains, some of the skin tones to be like green gray, uh, gray, uh, blue gray, uh, various shades of gray. Yeah. With, like, any color eye. Okay. And she said they're pretty similar to humans. Mm-hmm. Except that they're gray. Except that they have, like, different skin tones and, like, big eyes. But they're pretty similar to humans. Uh-huh. And so she... She does... She does a little split-second phrenology on people and to deduce that they are... Ha- Half gray. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. She can also tell by people's breathing because she's a nurse. They breathe slower. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's a nurse. I forget. And so she like, yeah. Oh, no. And so she like can examine that quickly. She can uh, read. She she can sense that quickly because that's like her job. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And so they breathe a lot slower and... They have, like, higher body temperatures or something. Hmm. So, a lot of so-called aliens are exactly like humans, and so they blend in just fine. With the exception of reptilians, (laughs) the evil (laughs) aliens. Oh, she believes in those, too. Yeah, because the the greys told her they exist. Okay. Those are the bad bad ones. All right. And reptilians (laughs) are trying to destroy the Earth. Oh no! So they can have somewhere to go, okay, and live. Well, where did they? They did someone destroy their home planet? Something like that. Um, (laughs) Which I she's never seen reptilians, and the Greys have chased them here because they're trying to uh, do ethnic cleansing on them. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Greys are the bad ones. With the exception of reptilians, which I have never seen myself, they all seem to me to be a variation of other human or gray type. That is, mammals with a head, mouth, two eyes, nose, two ears, two arms, and two legs, and who walk and think in an intelligent manner. There are just too many witnesses, like myself, for that not to be the case. And then, for why why are extraterrestrials visiting Earth? More than one reason. I have asked a lot of questions of my friend, Graham, about this whilst whilst physically on the spaceships. 
It is for our resources, especially water, and for food and industry materials. Yeah, industry materials from underground. However, the spaceships are built from a metal not not known on Earth. It is lighter than aluminum and the color of mercury, but still solid. It can appear soft for a bed or rigid for a wall. I have never seen it anywhere other than on the ship. Then, of course, it is for the gray human hybridization program. In the case of the grays, Harry, are you listening to me? Yeah, I am. Okay. In in the case of the grays, which are the only race I know well, it is to save our planet from the same fate as theirs. Destruction. It is both to help us and so that they can live here as well. We get technology in exchange. Their planet died off generations ago, and they built an artificial planet which is the size of a whole country. While living in space, they became infertile, so it is... So it is they who discovered the methods that we know as in vitro fertilization, surrogacy, cloning, and cross-species breeding, such as a horse and a zebra. As humans have turned out to be the most biologically comparable, they are using us to sustain their own race and continue what is stored in their DNA. DNA has much more stamped into it than we have yet discovered on earth sorry i had to go to the next page uh i know about the i knew about the importance of dna many years before it was even discovered on earth oh and shown to the public because they showed me with each generation they became more they become more like us and able to live on this planet with us hmm. it is not dissimilar to the white man invading the indigenous people of any given country and interbreeding and marrying between races the children are not hybrids, are they? So I don't see my children in space as hybrids either. But that is what this world is calling them, so I am using the term for ease of understanding. Okay. Interesting. She she thinks of it as, like, just... Yeah. You know. Just an interracial marriage. Yeah, 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 like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. What would our readers be surprised to know about you? Hmm. Her. That I am just an ordinary woman <laughs> who has witnessed and experienced some extraordinary things. There are, I, <laughs> there are a lot of things that I'm surprised to <laughs> learn about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so now she helps people with their traumatic abductions. Okay. So, hmm. so one time they showed her on their spaceship about um, how our Earth is going to be destroyed by nuclear bombs eventually. Probably a um, good bet. Yeah. <laughs> so they showed her the future of what was going to happen. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. But is then she... they said, this doesn't have to happen. Oh. But it will, probably. <laughs> it was a weird, I don't under, okay. I didn't really get it. Is she it. trying to do anything about that? Or? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, the aliens can also heal. Like, they can just wave their hand across your body and then your cut is gone. Okay. That's happened to her, too. And so, I researched a little more because I wanted to know more about these Humalian babies. Sure. And apparently, there's a ton of other people out there who believe they have Humalian children. I would bet. And they have 
like the same story that she does Hmm. like they were taken at like a very early age and the reason so other people's reasonings so the reason that they are taken is because their mother dad their grandparents have all been taken Mm -hmm. so they all have they continue down like the bloodline so they can continue making the babies more and more and more like human right so and because then though they're the human children now have some alien dna in them Mm. so that means they can reproduce so they started out with like in vitro stuff or something mm. and clone I don't stuff like that. And so mm. there's another lady who was interviewed on something and I watched like 10 minutes of it cuz it's like 40 minutes long. And she's like maybe my age. Okay. Maybe a little older. She's like gorgeous, very <laughs> intelligent and she's like, "Yes, I've had 10 humalian children." And I'm like, no, (laughs) what? (laughs) And she says that they are trying, oh, what is it? I don't know. They are like, so it's not, they don't ask whether they can have sex with you, but it's technically consensual because. They're telepathic. No. Oh. Because these aliens are just reincarnated future versions of our self, of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> telling us to come have sex with them to make more babies mm. because they destroyed their own earth and they are now infertile. So they need us to create more. So basically it's consensual because it's just a future version of yourself saying, hey, come here, <laughs> have sex with me. Weird. So you're having sex with yourself. So it's technically consensual because it's a future version of you <laughs> consenting. Yeah, I guess. Is what they say. Is what she says. Weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> <laughs> it is honestly the weirdest dive. Because then I was like, oh my goodness. Like, there's so much more to this. Like, it's such a broad... But also very specific topic. And there's so many people who... Because it's like you don't remember what's happening. And then you start having dreams about it. Uh And then most people have their memories like recovered through like meditation or like a hypnosis and stuff. Uh And then they start remembering like, oh, I went up into a spaceship. I did this. I was taken into a spaceship at three. And then Hmm. my mother and... and Yeah. So, <laughs> interesting. it's usually that. But they all have very similar stories. Because then the, the other mean, girl was like, they have a, they have like an alien human, like, breeding program. Well, I mean, that would make sense as to why they're doing that. As to why they're uh, breeding with you. I don't know. I don't know about this one, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> no, me either. Me <laughs> I, either, It Harry. seems like... Hey, uh, she doesn't have any pictures of her children. It seems like a novel way to work through some kind of sexual trauma. So I was thinking about it yeah. and I was like, maybe it's just a really, really sad way of her working through her miscarriages. Yeah. Because it sounds that's... like she actually did have like, she was, and then 
on the interview, they're like, well, where was your husband at the time you were pregnant? And she's like, I was single at the time. And I'm like, oh, that could have been it too. She yeah. was like also a single mm-hmm. woman yeah. getting pregnant and then also having miscarriages. So I'm like, it could have been very traumatic for it probably was very traumatic for her so this could be a way of her yeah working through and trying to explain like oh my babies are actually still real and they're still with me you know they were just taken they were stolen from me i didn't they didn't actually die yeah kind of thing so i'm thinking because it was like soon after her all of her miscarriages that she started researching this and started (laughs) getting the memories and i'm like Maybe it's just some trauma there of, like, losing your children, yes. which is very fair. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to make fun of her because I'm like, yeah, well, I bet sure. it's, like, real trauma. Yeah. No, I'm sure that's what it and is. And she's like, I have, I want, that was so sweet. She was, like, in her interview, she's like, I'm coming forward because I want to acknowledge my Humalian babies. Like, I want them to know that I'm acknowledging them and that I love them and that I'm not, like, ashamed of them. And that I want the whole world to know that I I love them as much as my human babies. And it was just really sad. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no. I really hope that it's real. (laughs) Yeah. But if she's happy believing it, and it could be real, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't know what to Did think. Did you think it was interesting? Yeah, it Sorry, was interesting. it was kind of all over the place. No. Do a, do a dive into this topic, okay. Humalian. I might read her book. Okay. Because it seems interesting. It's called Humalian. There's Good. more to it, but it's Humalian, basically. <laughs> by, what did I say her name was? I don't know. Jane Pooley. Okay. I think. Okay. I think it was Jane Pooley. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess her name's not interesting, but uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll read it. So. Uh, Maybe I won't. Yeah, that's my that's my topic. Sorry. Okay, that was actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Mine's so. Not gonna be very long, I don't think. Uh, cause mine's gonna be also kind of all over the place. Great. Sounds good. <laughs> anyway. You ready? Yeah. Well, Our, you said mine was good, so yeah, yours I was really thought it was over, all over the place. You well, could mine's be lying. not going to be good. <laughs> yours was good. No, I like, I, I think. Did you find it fascinating? Yes, I did. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you were really interested in it, weren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, what you're trying to say, but yes. Nothing. Okay. Anyway. I'm ready for yours now. All right. Hey, so... A secret CIA report dated April 1977 begins with this sentence. Yes. Some recent U.S. research suggests that it may be possible to use certain paranormal abilities for military or intelligence purposes. (laughs) I really like this already. Uh, The... That paper is entitled Soviet and Eastern Euro- and East European Parapsychology Research. Mm-hmm. And it, along with several others, um, is are interesting. Okay. <laughs> so I I just I I saw a couple of screenshots from this one 
um, paper. And then I started branching out and looking at other um, declassified CIA documents on this subject. And so I've just been kind of reading through those for the past couple of days. And I don't, I'm not quite sure still how to fabricate it all into a cohesive uh, story, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'll just tell you what I got. Okay. Okay. Uh, So this first paper. Tell me about these papers. The Soviet and East European Parapsychology Research paper. uh, It basically attempts to lay out um, the state of the Soviet Union's parapsychology program um, in terms of its theoretical and practical applications and to fill the information gap between what the Russians know about that kind of paranormal stuff and what we know during the Cold War. Because mm-hmm. we don't want them getting the jump on us with their brains. Right. <laughs> their psychic powers. Uh, okay. So what I'm talking about and what this paper is talking about when I say parapsychology is generally like inexplicable psychological phenomena like telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, and psychokinesis or telekinesis. Um, And also some... Like how Jane talks with the aliens? Yeah. Telepathy. Yeah, basically. Okay, great. And also some other... I, it's, uh, what get also other things get folded into that sometimes like dowsing and other like more physical mm. things I guess. Okay. Um, so they are researching how this could be useful. Yeah. So in this paper, there it's so in this first one that I'm talking about, it's like a CIA analyst talking about the, what they've learned about the Russians' research into this stuff, basically. Okay. Um. So I'm going to start with the section, I'm going to read you the section titled Black Magic of this report. Okay. Um, On the CIA report? Yeah. So about 1969, the Soviets reportedly established an official group in their covert program devoted to collecting information on black magic. This group, headed by D.G. Mirza, was given its own secret laboratory in Moscow and was assigned the task of identifying, locating, and evaluating the capabilities of sorcerers, witches, and the incantations used by such individuals. (laughs) It is unlikely that this avenue of investigation has produced any applied paranormal systems, but the data collected may have benefited other areas of research and may have improved their techniques for training subjects to acquire or to improve paranormal abilities. <laughs> you know what? I think it's good for them to be researching this in sure. case it's true. Yeah, you never know. You know, I know you think it's dumb because you're like, this is this could never be real. But for people like me who think that possibly some of these things could be real, no, I mean, I it's get it. Probably important to look into. <laughs> I mean, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of what they're talking about. When they say, like, it could have improved their techniques or collected beneficial information in other areas is, like, other, like, like psychological or sociological research, I guess, about how groups perform and how you get people to believe things. But they also spin off of that and say it might also help them in other areas of their paranormal research. Like, the CIA is, like, dismissing the... Oh, it's none of this occult stuff is real, like the black magic and wizards and stuff. But 
it might help them a little bit with their other like more scientific telekinesis <laughs> and mind reading projects. Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> also, I like the idea of a like I don't like these like scientists in a room in like a white room watching <laughs> like a whiz as witch draw a pentagram on the floor just like from a distance and taking notes. Yes. And I was like, I wonder how is, how does she do it? How does she do it? <laughs> What's now? What does that do? My socks are kind of witchy. Yeah, they are. They got little stars and moons They're on them. They're black and they have sparkly gold stars and sparkly gold moons. Yeah, those are socks that a witch would wear. But the the um the stars and the moon are like orange, so they're witchy. Yeah, they're like they're like gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like gold. Harry got them for me for my birthday. <laughs> anyway, I like my witchy socks. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving on to clairvoyance and remote viewing, um, or at sort of astral projection kind of stuff. Okay. Um, a phenomenon according. To this paper that also has been identified by U.S. researchers as having high potential for applied use, I, which uh, is interesting. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, if you can, like, from from a room in Nevada, like, just close your eyes and be able to see what they're doing in Moscow, that would yeah. be pretty useful. So they're looking in how they're looking into how to do that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so apparently at the June 1973 um, parapsychology conference in Prague, Czechoslovakia, each member of the Soviet delegation asked a well-known American psychic a set of questions on remote viewing, which apparently suggested that they may have encountered problems with emotional reactions on the part of their psychic subjects, <laughs> and that they considered paranormal perception to be a more fruitful area of investigation than psychokinesis. Can you explain that a little to me? So, uh, in 1973, in June, there was some big um, convention for... Which, which convention? Sort of. For Well, it was... More for scientists studying witches, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Parapsychology yeah, yeah, conference, and there was like a, um, I don't know, some famous like psychic there, and they like all of the Soviet scientists who were there were like asking him like all the same questions basically. Yeah. And so the person who's the psychic. Uh, yeah. So and whoever's writing this report basically like talked to that person was like, "What kind of questions are they asking and stuff?" And the best, I guess, from the from the sort of questions they were asking, they gleaned that the Russians were having trouble with their subjects having an emotional response to what they were seeing, and also that they thought that this that trying to do um, remote viewing was a better place to thing to research than psycho. Kinesis. So remote viewing versus psycho. What's psycho? Psychokinesis is like moving things with your mind, oh. or like causing other people to like, yeah, like I can fo like break out, like have like, like if I focus with my mind, I could like make you break out in a sweat or something, basically. Got it. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who think that's genuinely like 
Sure. That like really bending spoons and stuff. <laughs> Have I told you about the girl in my junior high class? She was my locker neighbor for like a week. <laughs> she went to our school for like maybe two weeks. And she asked our science teacher if she could do her science fair experiment. If her science fair experiment could be her bending spoons with her mind. Because she could do that. And, uh, <laughs> she was like, uh, the teacher was like, that's not a science fair experiment. <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Isn't that funny, though? <laughs> yeah. She's like, can I bend? <laughs> can my science fair experiment be bending spoons with my mom? She asked that in front of everyone. I... <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's cool that she can do that. If I could, I'd tell everyone. <laughs> I'd want it to be my science fair experiment. Oh, gosh. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, also on the topic of clairvoyance and remote viewing. Um, <laughs> she really could blend bad spoons with her mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm think, just thinking. No, Sorry, yeah. Continue. Well, anyway, there were, so on the topic of remote viewing, there were two major differences between the Soviet approach and the U.S. approach, according oh. to this paper. Okay. Which is that, um, one of them is that Americans would have the subject in a normal, like, conscious state during the process. While the Soviets used, like, hypnotism and biofeedback and drugs and yoga to oh. induce a trance or trance-like state. Um, okay. So uh, the Americans, when they were trying to do their remote viewing research, would just have a person, I guess, just sit at a table and, like, try to, like, see. They'd be like, hey, what what's going on in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> Americans are dumb. Whereas <laughs> Wait, the Russians were like, they went, they Trying were to like, hypnotize a, people? basically, yeah, and like, or give them drugs and have them do yoga to get them in a trance. And like, and then so both I guess, of these like, these are really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Put a person in the room, hey, what can you see? What's <laughs> happening in California right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> uh, and the other difference is that the Soviets were apparently trying to test, like, training techniques in order to teach people who had previously never demonstrated any paranormal abilities to acquire and use this ability. Um, and then, uh, I guess the Americans were just seeking out people who said they already could do it, apparently. Okay. I don't know. Um, and so these... Sounds like, did you say the Soviets? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are really trying hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean, Ooh. it's this, I, the thing that I like about this paper is how at some points it's like really like kind of dismissive of like the, whatever the Soviets are trying to do, but it's also like taking it really seriously, like just in case, in case. they're close to it we should, we should like I, I i don't believe it I, this is this is there's another like set that like most science like doesn't back this up but and like but 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 does it work does, does it work maybe we should try it like, like just maybe case, you know? like here's what they're doing maybe we should also think about trying to do some of the stuff too yeah. <laughs> um so the, the these what if like <laughs> none of them are actually doing this but then at this like know, weird they're... conference one time, like they heard whisperings of like one of the groups, like, <laughs> hey, I think like the Soviets can read minds. And then we were like, oh my God, we should try that. And then 
the other way around. It was right. like, hey, I, th- I hear that the Americans can read minds. Or, and then, is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. no. Yeah, go. No. And then, and then, like, so now they just, and that's how it started. Right. So, or <laughs> they don't actually do any of this. Right. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, like planting they're each, things yeah, that's into what, people's yeah. heads. Or they each. It started out that way there where they're like, we should like try to like plant it, like try to make the Soviets think that we're trying to teach people telekinesis. And then the Soviets are like, hey, it seems like the Americans are trying to teach people telekinesis. We should look into that. And then the Americans find out the Soviets are looking into that. They're like, hey, hey they're actually, hey, they're actually doing that. We got to get on we that. We got to do that now. <laughs> and now they're like just... Trying to one up each other, right. it seems like. Well, well, we hypnotize people, make people do yoga and drugs, <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, we talk to actual people who can do it." Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Uh, so apparently, how this analyst got these, like, how part of how their these distinctions, I guess, is that um, a Soviet cosmonaut and a space systems engineer were visiting the United States, and they sought out and talked to a group of prominent U.S. remote viewing researchers and asked them questions about whether U.S. scientists used trance states to enhance paranormal abilities, and they seemed surprised to hear the answer was no. And then they also asked them about whether hypnosis or trance states or repeated practice or machines were used in training personnel to use their abnormal abilities. (laughs) I, I kind of also like the idea that these, this like a cosmonaut and this uh, space scientist, they were just like asking about this stuff because they were personally interested in yeah. it. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they were, or when they came to the US, they were like, I hear that the U- these people are trying to like do telekinesis and remote viewing and stuff. That, we should ask them about that. That's so funny. That's a li- they'll think they'll think we're so serious. <laughs> Basically, it's all just one big trick. Right. That's and what then I'm the, the American scientists are also trying to trick them into thinking that they don't do hypnosis and trances and stuff, <laughs> even though they're not actually from the government. <laughs> But then when they get back, the Soviet government hears that they talked to the American scientists about <laughs> this. So they... <laughs> it's just an endless cycle of stupidity, mm-hmm. really. That's what yeah. it sounds like. Uh, it goes on to say that it appears likely that useful intelligence information can be obtained via remote viewing techniques. Apparently, it is possible to acquire general information about locations, objects, and facilities. Recent preliminary U.S. experimentation does suggest that data about significant geographically definable events can be obtained on a real-time basis. Hmm. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about that, but maybe. Yeah. You never know. Uh, Okay, on uh, telepathy, um, the most interesting thing I found in this section is that the Soviets... Uh, are attempting to use telepathy in connection with their manned space program and are trying to influence remotely the behavior and or the physiology of unwitting targeted individuals. It also may be possible for the Soviets to develop telepathic channels of information transmission. They think it's less likely than remote view. Uh, oh, the 
oh, this analyst thinks that's less likely than remote viewing that they could do that. So the, apparently the Soviets had like their cosmonauts in space trying to like, I guess, beam down thoughts to people or like promote provoke physiological lying? reactions. Yeah, or maybe this whole article is a fake article <laughs> to make the Soviets think that we're trying to look into their research that we don't know whether they have or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that when we see them like going to cover it up, we will discover their research on it. Mm -hmm. What if their subjects are just like, yeah, I see this man. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention that in the, in the uh, remote viewing section, it, it said that like the main problem that people have is that, the people, or that the people viewing the things often m- uh, make mistakes uh, interpreting what they're seeing. No. Or that they don't uh, interpret it correctly. <laughs> so. <laughs> so they're saying complete bullshit. But right. they're like, well, I mean, maybe well, just. Maybe they're just misinterpreting. Interp- yeah. Misinterpreting what's going I mean, on. They said they were seeing a a cow and that table is all it has have some like black ish stains on it so probably what they meant i bet that's what they thought or the intense physical like they were someone was trying to beam down intense like physical right. things and then the subject just kind of starts like shaking right and like it burns <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> all right you should be getting some physiological response now and they're like Oh, I do feel different. I can't quite place it, <laughs> but I sort of I feel, feel different. Where <laughs> are they like, they're like, it burns. And then when the other person gets back, they're like, yeah, I was like beaming down cold. Like, Did you feel cold? <laughs> and then they were like, the, the people running the experiment were hey. like, I That's thought he something. just misinterpreted. Right. <laughs> what was, he just misinterpreted hot <laughs> yeah. or cold. You know? So it was really dang close. Right. Yeah. Hot, what I'm cold. Saying happened. Hot, cold. What's the difference, yeah. really? Um, as for psychokinesis, um, applications oriented applications oriented US studies have indicated that such effects may be possible. Um, Another later report on this, on the topic of psychokinesis, um, says that um, the Soviets were developing psychotronic generators, which were machines that would duplicate psychic effects um, using like (laughs) electromagnetic rays or something. Um, According to that report, report, they successfully made a small handheld instrument at the Institute of Radioelectronics and Engineering in Moscow, which was able to move pieces of paper on a table across the room from the person holding the device. (laughs) Okay. Hey. Interesting. So maybe, I don't know what kind of device it was, but if it wasn't like a little handheld fan, then that's... (laughs) That seems like something. It's like, what if it's like an extendable arm? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was picturing. (laughs) Or like a... (laughs) That's... 
that's uh, all all the Americans heard is that they have a small device that can move things from across the room and they interpreted that as like <laughs> some kind of a psychotronic generator. Really? It's just like law. Or like the things you can get from the zoo that have like the crocodile head on the end and it's like a stick, you know, yeah. and then you like you just hold it and you can like Grab, grab things yeah. from far away with the alligator. <laughs> That's what I pictured. Someone saw one of those at. Someone saw one of those. Someone brought their kid to work at like a Soviet research facility, and they left one of those hanging around. Someone <laughs> saw that and they said it, and through like telephone, it ended up as a yeah, yeah. Or it could have just been a fan. That's funny too. Like there was like a slight fan on it, a slight breeze, something, anything. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> so. Anyway, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. And there, there, there are apparently eleven different research facilities used in Russia uh, to study these various different things. I think studying UFOs is more important than studying this, and I feel like this has been researched more than UFOs. I don't. I mean, maybe the UFO research is just more secret. I mean, I. I'm assuming that this kind of stuff is only released because they've determined that it doesn't work. I'm sure the CIA would be keeping yeah, I was like, this why are they further under this? wraps. <laughs> why do they release certain things? Well, I mean, when you when you put out when you make a Freedom of Information Act request, oh. they have to give you. Well, they have to like try to give you something. Basically, they have to like look through the pertaining things and be like, "Can we declassify any of this?" Got it. <laughs> okay, yeah. that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so the theme of that paper, April nineteen seven paper is basically just like we know that the Soviets are doing a lot of research on this kind of stuff, but we can't really say for sure how successful most of it is. Um, but that re- didn't really stop them from worrying about it. Um, a few months later, on July first, nineteen seventy seven, another shorter and less formal report. A uh, secret report uh, was published titled Parapsychological Weapon. <laughs> this, uh, this report begins ominously with the sentence, An odd sequence of events relating to parapsychology has occurred within the last month. Um, <laughs> the okay. events that they're referring to is just like the detainment of a journalist in uh, so in the USSR who received a scientific paper on parapsychology um, and so they arrested him and was like we stopped the leak of important secrets um, uh, but that, that paper goes on to talk more about parapsychology it says the telekinetic experiments in the US Europe and the USSR all seem to show that even human awareness focusing with will can evidence a new form of energy that moves and perhaps alters matter. Um, so using your brain enough, if you like focus your will enough, you can make yeah. energy make that can... Make things move. Yeah. Move uh, bend stuff. It, it says, the British scientists who tested Yuri Geller, who is a famous psychic, or he's still alive, Yeah. Um, uh, all seem to show... Um, wait, uh, the, the British scientists who tested Yuri Geller complained of poltergeist phenomena. Objects left the room, some appeared later, and some never did. 
Scientists for many years have observed poltergeist phenomena in which objects go through solid walls or disappear. It goes on to speculate that with this knowledge, a weapon could be theorized, perhaps using particular suggestive or meditative techniques to enhance ESP and telekinetic effects. And then it lays out two different ways that such a weapon could be used. One would be like a key member of a command center or war room could be targeted and you like kind of like make him like start going crazy, like making things disappear and move around and stuff (laughs) basically to, Uh I guess, make some commander think he's going insane or potentially by concentrating enough individuals in one area, all like evidencing disruptive telekinetic like energy and stuff you could cause a chain reaction which could quote cause matter to reverse direction and sink back into a sea of energy or be displaced in time and space (laughs) um so possibly with enough power to affect a whole city So basically the CIA was worried that the Russians would get so good at meditating that they could like literally bomb a city back to the Stone Age (laughs) or transport it with their telekinetic energy. I hate this. This is so (laughs) stupid. I know. Um, I don't know. There's a ton of... I don't know. I, I also looked at several more articles, including like a letter that um a um a, a a house member um who was what was his name uh charlie charlie rose not not the canceled charlie rose mm-hmm. but one from the 1981 who like he was the uh chair of the subcommittee on evaluation that i guess oversaw parts of what the cia or some somebody was doing mm-hmm. um and was talking about how they were like looking in they were they were um worried about the CIA's research in parapsychology getting out and becoming more public because people would think that the CIA was trying to do it on a large like trying to do large scale mind control on the American people yeah. or something mm-hmm. which maybe they were maybe they were i bet I they know. would use that if they could <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you get the gist of it. There's a lot more. Um, I found some of, uh, the majority of these, uh, documents because, um, or a lot of them were requested by journalist Emma Best, who does a lot of important work with, like, um, or the hard and important work of, like, requesting, like, classified and old documents basically to come out, Mm -hmm. um. And so she does work with uh, about muckrock.com, and they are very uh, uh, prolific with getting various, uh, with uh, transparency and stuff. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So support their work. <laughs> cool. Is that it? Yeah, that's cool. it. I, c- I could go into more, but I... It's Remember it's a lot of the same stuff. Our uh, topics were going to be really short, and this is actually really long. Yeah, it's a really long episode. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Sorry, Unless everyone. you wanted a long episode, in which case you're welcome. You're welcome. I shouldn't apologize. No. This is the reason we do it. Mm-hmm. To make to make content. So yep. what if we make more content? <laughs>
Well, we've talked to you a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, anything do you have anything else you want to add? Oh, no. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. All you right. should save these for, I, I know. know, some other Save them time. for a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Good. I, I started to get better as I was going along at using the CIA, like, uh, uh, FO FOIA reading room. That's where I thing. got my uh, JFK, my Marilyn Monroe oh, yeah? stuff from. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's fun to it's search fun. through and look at and, like, see documents that you bring up that say, like, secret on them and it's crossed out. Yeah. Or, like, it's top fun. secret and <laughs> see things redacted. Yeah. You feel like a, I don't know, I feel like a spy. I know. I love it. That's where <laughs> I got my info, too, from, from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway. All right. It's late and we got to get this episode out. All right. Yeah, we do. Uh, this has been Known Unknowns. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. (laughs) Leave it to Beaver. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye!